This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The thing about it is that you got to be open up your heart, your mind, your, 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 you know, to accept these things, to, to be receptive when it happens, when it comes, when the experience comes to you. You got to be able to be that much of the freedom to absorb the experience. My recommendation is that you have to believe that you can be inspired and have an open mind and positive thinking and that the easiest way to be inspired is to swim with the wild dolphins. I, it's better than climbing a mountain or, or jumping over a plane in a parachute or, or trying to swim in the deep ocean. Folks, my name is Ashley Sanders, and this is the Tom Roland Podcast. I recently was able to go to Bimini, Bahamas, with my family. This was just a family trip. I had been there one time before with Into the Blue, and we filmed some nice episodes uh, on Bimini and some other islands in the Bahamas. And I liked it so much when I was there, I was thinking, you know what, this would be a great place to bring the family back. And I was right. It was. It was fantastic. We swam with dolphins. We swam with bull sharks or got in a cage with bull sharks. We got to go out spear fishing. We caught conch and ate them. We had conch and lobster salad. We sampled the local cuisine. We I, I wrecked my diet and got off and ate all kinds of bimini bread, including some bimini bread pizza with lobster on it, which is literally probably the best pizza I've ever had in my life. There were so many good things about bimini. And uh, we managed to get out on the water when the weather was nice. Like most times, the weather isn't always nice. So we hit one windy day and it was a good thing because we were, we were all kind of tired. We'd been in the water. We had snorkeled and free dived and did all kinds of stuff. So it was a nice day. And we decided we were going to do some of the touristy things in Bimini. And so 
That led us to a place there called the Dolphin House. The Dolphin House is a very eclectic, one-of-a-kind place that a gentleman has been building for 26 years. And it's a work in progress. It's being built with recycled, reused materials, things he found in the dump, things he found on the beach, things that have been given to him. He says not one thing is from Home Depot. And when I say it's one of a kind, it's truly one of a kind. It Some of the walls are built like waves. There is every manner of thing in there. And it's really one of the coolest places I've ever been. And it was a real pleasure to get a tour from the man who built it, Mr. Ashley Saunders. And if you're familiar with the Bahamas, you know the Saunders name. It's a prominent family in the Bahamas. Uh, Lots of Saunders. Uh, Some spell it S-A-U-N-D-E-R-S. Some spell it S-A-N-D-E-R-S. Saunders are also in Key West. And I learned a little bit of the history about the connection between Bimini and Key West when I'm talking to uh, to Ashley. But Ashley is a, is a remarkable guy. And this inspiration all came from one day of swimming with wild dolphins. It was like lightning struck, he said. I had to ask him about it. I, I asked him, it was interesting because I asked him if he could, if he would mind sitting down, if he knew what a podcast was. He didn't know what a podcast was. Asked him if he knew what a radio show was, and he didn't seem to really care much about a radio show. And asked him if he would just sit down and tell his story, and I could record it. And he said, "Well, how long is it going to take?" I said, "Not very long, because I got to catch a plane here in just a little bit." So we had about thirty minutes to sit down. He was so kind, and nice to sit down and give me all kinds of history about his own history, why he built this dolphin house, his history with growing up around Ernest Hemingway other people that came to Bimini, and it was just a remarkable conversation. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. This is a unique and special opportunity to sit down with with someone that uh, is is a historian of Bimini, as well as just a, just a really cool guy, an inspired artist, Ashley Saunders. All right, I'm sitting here in the Dolphin House. With Ashley Saunders, the man himself, tell me about tell me about growing up in Bimini and and um, your family's history here. Well, my family came to Bimini about two hundred years ago. That's uh, came to salvage goods from wreck ships. We part of the early settlers of Bimini, call ourselves shipwreckers. But the Saunders, that's on the Saunders part of the family, you know, because each family, as you know, got two sides. My mother's a Duncombe. She, uh, her family's uh, part of the slaves that brought in by the British when there was a British colony. So that's on my mother's side, the Duncombe, D-U-N-C-O-M-B-E. But my father's side is on my Saunders, S-A-U-N-D-E-R-S. One a very distinguished surname, and some people spell it differently than others, but we're still all of one family. Some people say S-A-N-D-E-R-S, and some say S-A-U-N-D-E-R-S. But We've been in the Bahamas, the family, the Saunders family, since about 400 years, at least since about 1646, came to the Bahamas with Captain William Sale from Bermuda. And he was, Captain Sale was a former former governor 
of Bermuda, and he had un- and so he had run into some a lot of uh, problems in Bermuda. So he left Bermuda with a with a Saudi colonist, and decided to sail south towards the Bahamas, and he was shipwrecking the Bahamas. His boat did named the Sea Venture, and the Saudi colonists that Captain Sail William Sail brought from Bermuda. Our family, the Sanders, was one of the colonists. So he was shipwrecked on Elutra. They called themselves the Elutran Adventurers. And Elutra means freedom in uh, in Greek. And uh, so they named the island Elutra, where they were shipwrecked. And then they had to seek shelter in a cave and uh, temporarily. And then later on, they moved from Elutra to an island just north of Elutra, just off the coast of Elutra called Harbor Island. And that's where the Sanders family really originated in the Bahamas from Elutra. And some of the relatives are still in Elutra. And then some left Elutra in about 1646 and went to Nassau, where they also helped to spread their family, the Sanders family also in Nassau. Then about 200 years ago, some of the Sanders in Harbor Island left Harbor Island and migrated to Key West, Florida, and then on to Bimini. So we came to Bimini from Key West. Some of the families still in Key West now today, mm-hmm. and some are still in some. Well, some are in Bimini now, but we have been in Bimini for, like I said, for two hundred years, and also Key West for two hundred years. We part of the early settler Key West, and also Bimini. Yeah. So my kids that were just in here taking a tour of your of your house here, uh, one of them is a conch, Key West born. Okay. And we spent a lot of time in Key West and and lived there for a long time. All three of my kids were born there. So tell me, what is this this place that we just took a tour of the Dolphin House? Well, the Dolphin House is uh, is a place that uh, I've been building for 26 years, since 1993, 2019, make 26 years. And uh, inspiration for the Dolphin House all came about by me swimming with the wild dolphins in the ocean many years back. And the dolphins, you can say, touched my heart and made me an artist, and I'm building this monument in their honor. Artists actually in me was asleep, and the wild dolphins of Bimini, more than 40 of them, you know, like I say, touched my heart and uh, and made me an artist. So this art situation been trust upon me by the wild dolphins of Bimini. I'm not a typical artist that you find that's studied art or been to university for art or worked on any, any uh, artist as an apprentice or such. I'm a gifted artist, and thanks to the wild dolphins of Bimini. So actually, I'm trying to repay a debt over to the dolphins with the creativity and inspiration they give to me. So how did that come about? When you, when you swam with those dolphins th- so many years ago, you came back immediately transformed into an artist, or was Immedi- it a- Immediately. It was uh, a, it happened in seconds. Like lightning struck. Like lightning struck. And what was the first thing that you created when you came back? Well, I, I, I tried to dig a foundation to build a house. So you uh, knew a monument, this- A monument to the wild dolphins of Bimini. This, this was, it was like a lightning strike. You said, I'm building this, this monument for well, them. No, no, I, I didn't. It didn't happen like that. What it is was that it changed. See, when you when you get of uh, 
it was like a uh what you call a a, a spiritual journey mm-hmm. you know this is this is something that that is had happened to me that was that is a a, str- a spiritual uh a quest you could say the dolphins when you say touch my heart you know what i mean it is a transformation that happened this is it is something that where you in, in other words been reborn right this is like a this is like i'm i'm all new again you know and that's what that's what this is this is this is rebate so you just like a you've been you've been uh looking at the world from a different perspective than when you went to swim with the dolphin i mean i came out totally transformed and saw the world differently from when i encountered the dolphins so this this is a complete opposite or when i went in there change it changes your philosophy in life when things like that happen i'm sure other people can testify yeah. to the same thing happening to them too in other ways not necessarily true dolphins but people be transformed in other other ways in their life maybe they climb the mountain and and uh, got to the top like you when they the boys climb up climb it uh, probably mount everest he was transformed uh-huh. or when uh when the boys guy that ever saw the pacific ocean like balboa when he saw the pacific he might have been transformed boys mount to see the pacific ocean and for me it was swimming with the wild dolphins so we got transformed in different ways so this is a spiritual thing for me i'm an artist but i don't know anything about art so if you could figure that out well i think that a lot of times you can study things at universities or study you know under you know a mentor or whatever but that doesn't necessarily mean that you don't learn as much about whatever it is that you're studying as if you're doing it yourself with your own hands well that's what i'm trying to say in other words too is the fact that when i say i'm not i don't know nothing about art yes i do know about art because i'm putting things in the right place and it's art is only pleasing to the eyes when i say i don't know anything about art i'm not the those type of artists that can say answer the question what is art or because they've learned that in school and they've been taught you know how to mix paint and how to how to uh how to apply paint and what is texture Mm-hmm. and what is this and what is that well i'm not that type of artist i'm an artist who recycle objects or i can see a beauty in a particular object and true intuition is what i what i rely on into intuition and imagination and dreams that's the kind of artist i am i can see the art and the particular thing i pick up like for instance a seashell or a beach glass and see true intuition where to place it mm-hmm. in the in the structure mm-hmm. where it belongs and i know is in the right place cuz where the people comment and say to me that you you are an artist yes because when they look at everything that i do in times of art they can find no fault right the critics and so they they not only that uh perspective but the fact too is that people compare me in some of my work they say okay that looks like michelangelo or that looks like gaudi or this reminds me of gaudi or i think of gaudi or i think of michelangelo when i see this particular uh-huh. piece so that's the kind of artist i am i'm 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 being uh uh which is compared 
to some of the world's great artists. Yeah. Even though I'm not a trained artist. Well, what you've created here is is truly amazing. And you were also saying on the tour, you were you were making a comment about how you were recycling things and using things differently and where all this stuff came came from. Tell Well, that 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 all comes through intuition too, like I say in dreams, you know. The, the what the dolphins did, and of course, going back to the wild dolphins, that's all uh, a tribute to the encounter with wild dolphins. Because with, how did not encounter with the wild dolphins? This whole artistic situation and all this, uh, everything I'm talking about right now, the dolphin house in particular, would have not even came in, into being. So I, 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 uh, I'm thanking the wild dolphins of Bimini. Mm-hmm for the creativity and inspiration that they give to me that caused me to be an artist. They touch my heart and soul and mind and my being and my intuition and imagination that caused me to be an artist. So I need to, by means of respect and honor and, and, and gratitude, I need to return the favor back to the dolphins. So this is my way of thanking them mm-hmm. for the wonderful uh, thing they did to me. By making me an artist, and not only an artist, but making me an architect too, because I'm building a building without blueprint, and also uh, thanking me for being an engineer too. I'm an engineer and an artist, and also an architect. So these are all the tribute too from the uh, Dolphin and Carter. It ain't just about the artwork; it's about the whole structure. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at the building itself. It's uh, architectural uh, phenomena. Yeah, it's architectural phenomena. It's a one of a kind, and it's it's you know you don't you don't uh, you wouldn't see it unless you see it. I mean, just you can't even imagine it. You got to see it and and uh, experience it. You got to come in and experience this dolphin house. It's, yeah, it's really it, unique. What, what I noticed right away, and you you mentioned it on the on the tour, is that it's a mix between straight lines. And curved lines like the ocean and like some of your walls are curved like the waves of the ocean. And then you have the big buttresses of the conch shells and how you've used all the different shells and all the different materials that you've found right here on the beach. It's it's really quite amazing. Yeah, and of course, too, it's, it's the amazing thing about this is that there's no blueprint. There's no, uh, of course, there's no payroll. I'm waking to... Uh, People call it labor love. You know, I've been working there for 26 years without pay and without sponsorship and without help, really, except for the fact that I think I've been blessed and I thank God for the the good health and the strength to be able to construct a three-story building out of concrete. And that concrete with a, with a shovel, that, without, without machinery. Yeah, yeah. And that concrete that yet you have constructed this out of, this is all made from conch and shells, right? Mostly conch and shells, and and also not all, not only conch and shells, but other recycled materials left over from other jobs and building sites, and even demolished buildings and the city dump and the beach and the churches and the hotels and the resort and the private homes and so on. How did you learn how to make your own concrete? Well, I been watching the old folks back in the old days making concrete out of out of car, a conch shell and burning uh, uh, stones like limestone and also coral too to get the calcium. So I learned that from growing up. Was my father in fact was a builder, 
and I saw him did it too. I was his apprentice, and so I had some ideas as a young young man to on on construction. But most of what I'm doing is common sense, really. I mean, you don't really have to be, go to school to be an architecture, an architect, or to an or to be an engineer, or even to be an artist. All it takes is common sense and and a will to do it. This is all about perseverance, it's all about will, and all about fate. But so much of it also is about the inspiration, the inspiration inspiration that you got from from the the dolphins. dolphins. How would your life have been different if you had not have gone swimming with the dolphins that day? It would have been the dolphin house wouldn't have been here, and I wouldn't have have been billing them as such, and I would have been going about a daily routine life as as the common man on the road, on the street, probably sitting sitting on the beach or maybe drinking some rum and coconut water or just passing the time away and not accomplishing much, living just day to day as as the common man do. You've built this and you were t- showing me that the, the walls were completely solid concrete and you mentioned the hurricanes. How many hurricanes is this? Well, I've been in eight hurricanes in this so far. Which ones? Well, I've been in uh, over the over the well, over the twenty six years now, eight eight into twenty six. Actually, is that's about a that's about three little over three years. A storm will hit every three years or so. But anyway, I've been in Katrina, Wilma, Jane, Ivan, Michelle, Sandy, Machu, and Ima. There are eight hurricanes that I, and these hurricanes were very vicious and killers, took lives. Some, some of them took hundreds of lives. Some even took thousands of lives and caused billions in property damage and billions and billions. And yet the Dolphin House has survived them all without a scratch. It's built like a fort and there's only three things you got to know in good construction or to become a good architect is that one, a house needs to be strong. Number two, a house needs to be useful and number three hosts need to be beautiful and once you have those three criteria in the back of your mind you could you can be you don't need to go to an architectural school and that's how they're the only three things i'm i'm applying to the building of this beautiful unique structure called the dolphin house i love how you how you just find all these different things i mean there's there's it's hard to tell but there's beer bottles, full-size beer bottles. There's rum bottles. And as we were walking around, you had a story for every one of these little things. You, you'd just point at something and you'd say, this was given to me by this person. I found this on the beach. This is, you know, bamboo, probably from Cuba. When you walk around this place, is, is that what you just, every little thing you look at just triggers every, your, 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 your memory of how you found everything it? Everything got a story in it. I know where everything I could point to everything in there and who who brought it and where it came from, even right down to the bear bottles, and even even the little uh, you can say the uh, stamps. Mm-hmm. But the Dolphin House comprises a, a gift shop, a mini museum, a showroom on the second floor, an observatory on the rooftop or the third floor. And the third floor has a work in progress. Actually, it's three stories, all solid concrete. Built for hurricanes, like I say, because you'd be stupid to build a house and not make it hurricane-proof. I mean, right. why build a house if you have to, if the storm's going to blow it down? 
Or if he's going to have to abandon the house to go seek shelter somewhere else on some other man's house. That don't make any sense. And the thing about it is that a house should also be pipe uh, useful. In other words, the dolphin house is livable. It it can maintain itself. It it uh, has a gift shop. It bring, it pays its own utility. It provides me with an income. It generates money from the visitors who come and and leave a, a donation or uh, a deposit for uh, for the tour. At the same time. You know, it, it provides shelter for people who seeking shelter who are on the island during a hurricane, which we have done in the past. We've had Americans, we had Europeans and Canadians, even Bohemians held up in here seeking shelter in hurricanes past. So that makes it very useful and purposeful, like I say, that a good architect is all about, a good architecture. Mm-hmm. At the same time, uh, the Dolphin House is pleasing to the eyes. And that's what good architecture is all about when you look at a building and you can say to you can say to yourself or to others that is beautiful or that is breathtaking or that is wonderful i we run out of adjectives as far as it goes there with people mm-hmm. we have we keep saying here we keep hearing people saying it's amazing <laughs> it's beautiful it's one of a kind it's uh you it's a must see i mean how much adjectives as you know can, is there to use? I mean, we had the same thing over and over and over and over over the last twenty six years. I've been hearing that, which is wonderful to me, because it's all inspiring and gives me sense of the no payroll. When somebody say to me, "It's beautiful," I think that's a, that's rewarding to me, and that's like that's like a check yeah. they just wrote yeah. to me when they say it's beautiful. That's my pay, man. And that that what keeps me going on. That's a big part on my shoulder. And that's why I'm so, you could say, determined and and, and uh, to get the job done and to complete the project. And this, because it ain't no pay, it doesn't mean, in other words, what I'm trying to say is that of all the jobs I've had that were paying money, this is the best job I ever had that don't pay no money <laughs> because I'm enjoying this. This is a fun project. I got no boss over me. There's no punch clock. There's no time limit. I can time to at any time I feel like. I don't have a boss telling me to hurry it up and that I'm taking too long and and that uh, I need to hurry it up because uh, you know I'm, I'm, I'm I, I I should have been finished a week ago you know, or anything as such. Mm-hmm. I wake at my own leisure at my own pace and I'm on my own boss. I, that's why I'm doing such a wonderful job with this Dolphin House is because of the fact that there's no punch clock and no payroll. Well, I think what's remarkable to me is that that you've you've maintained this intense inspiration and motivation to to continue this project of love out of that one day of inspiration from the Dolphin. Did do you ever have to return to swim with the dolphins to get additional inspiration or did, is the one time enough? One time is enough. I don't have to go back there, but I do like like to go back out there because they're my family, my friends, my loved ones are the wild dolphins. So it's always a pleasant to go back and greet them and see them and exchange uh, love and greetings to have them brush against me and to look in their eyes and uh, see the and have fun and play and enjoy the experience of of, of uh, 
of uh, you know over and over again. I mean, there's there's no such thing as you is you had enough. Yeah. But I don't necessarily have to go back. It only took that one initial swim. That's amazing. I didn't go there, mind you, to go. It, it didn't never occur to me that I would go be inspired as such when I first went to swim at the Wild Dolphins, mind you. I didn't go there and say I'm going to go get inspiration. I thought I went out there to, for the experience, like you're going fishing or yeah. you're going to the baseball park or something. I didn't, I didn't expect to be a life-changing experience for me. So when you got back from that trip, did your family and friends, did they immediately notice the difference? I, I don't know that. I, I, I never followed up on that, but I noticed in myself it made a, I could see the change and it made a big difference because why would I be building a monument for 26 years without pay? Right. Right. So part of being an artist, I, I noticed downstairs you also wrote um, two books on Bimini. Is that correct? I wrote in all my lifetime. I wrote about seven or eight books. Let's put this up here just a little bit. I wrote about seven or eight books in, in, in my life. So some of those are the, on the history of Bimini. Um, I wrote two volumes published, one volume in the computer on the history of Bimini. I, actually, I got three volumes written, two published, one still in the computer. Yeah, but I also wrote four volumes of poetry. I'm also a poet, and not only just an ordinary poet. I'm a distinguished poet, an award-winning poet, and also an award-winning historian. And they called me the poet historian in the Bahamas. And actually, I'm like you could say a caller, a, a jack of all trade type person who has a lot of a talent. In mm-hmm. in in like the Holy Bible say, if you use your talent you will be given more talent or your talent would be increased. And that's what the Lord said. And that's what I do. So I don't sleep on talent. I don't bury talent. I I use the talent that I have. And that's why I'm so successful in the things that I achieve is always, uh, I've been been doing things that are uh, commendable and uh, rewarding and uh, universal too. I mean, I've been, I've been doing things that are pleasing to people from all walks of life and all uh, nations. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the history of Bimini a little bit. You've seen a tremendous change in in the world since you've lived here. How old are you? How old did you say? Well, it's hard to say how old, how old I am, but I've been around. You've been around. You can say that I've been in the days we don't keep too close a check on time because time is sort of pretty much irrelevant is uh you 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 and, and we call it we call ourselves uh on island time mm-hmm. and and so the important thing is to try the sunrise to sunset to see how much you could accomplish in the in the day in the day in the day's time why there's still light out and uh not too worried too much about the time uh, time will take care of itself. Yeah, we see how much we can accomplish. I've I've seen things I could say. I've seen in my days in the island here, when we had to go to the water to fetch, go to the well to fetch water, because there was no running water mm-hmm. in the house, and uh, we drink water from uh, at room temperature in the bucket, and no one knew what ice water was because there was no ice. <laughs> And uh, cooking on a wooden fire. So I did see changes over my, in my lifetime. And of course, uh, 
having to rely on the coconut for sustenance, you know, having to catch fish to eat or to have to go uh, find conch and living off the land and raising chickens and raising goats and pigs, growing corn and growing crops. So I've been in, the, I've been in those days and walking barefoot. Mm-hmm. So I, I, if, you, if you compare today, mind you, and going to school with a slate, <laughs> which is a piece of stone, yeah. and writing on it, writing with chalk and no book. And I, so I've come, that, I've come from that vibe. You want to look at it over time. Mm-hmm. And I'll let you figure out the time. <laughs> and what about some of the the notary people that have that have been part of the Bimini culture, like Ernest Hemingway? I know there's there's a tremendous amount of history with Hemingway downstairs. You were part of that. You you were here when he was frequenting. Well, that, Hemingway right? is a part of Hemingway is a, a close family member. He's a friend of our family, in other words, because a lot of Hemingway associates and people he's been around on this island so happened to be my family, mm-hmm. which is the Sanders. We we entertained Hemingway when he was on the island in, his, in, his, in the 30s. My uncle played the banjo and used to entertain Hemingway when he came in from fishing. That's my uh, uncle, not Sanders, Piccolo Pete, we call him. That played the banjo and sang a lot of songs, and in fact, he recorded one of his songs called "The Big Fat Slob," which was a big hit in the thirties about the fight between Mr. Knapp, who was the writer, and Mr. Hemingway, arguing over big fish. <laughs> so that's a recording on one of my CDs, and one of on one of I mean one of Piccolo's CDs called "Bimini Nights." where he recorded uh, the Big Fat Slob. Oh, the Big Fat Slob and Bimini, this the night we have fun. Oh, the Big Fat Slob and Bimini, this the night we got fun. Ernest Hemingway, I mean, Papa, uh, Mr. Knopf called Ernest Hemingway a Big Fat Slob. Ernest Hemingway balled his fist and gave him a knob. Oh, the big fat sloven, Bimini, <laughs> this the night we have fun. Oh, the big fat sloven, Bimini, this the night we have fun. So that's his song. But in any something, we put up a $100 bill back in 1936 for anybody who could go boxing with him. He had brought some boxing gloves to Bimini in 1936. And he took ropes off the pilar and tied around a coconut tree and made a ring, a boxing ring, and put up a $100 bill for any native that could go boxing with him. And two of my uncles went to box with Hemingway, and he knocked them all out, <laughs> trying to get the $100 bill. Hemingway was a good boxer. Nobody really won that $100 bill. <laughs> and uh, so Hemingway had a built of a heavyweight big barrel chest and big arms, big legs. And because he was so athletic going uh, as he grew up in America, went on a lot of fishing trips as a young boy and a lot of hiking and hunting and all that and fishing. So he was very strong and he was in good condition. And of course, when he was a young man, he was a, spent a lot of time boxing 
boxing matches. So he was had a good skill in, in technique or in boxing. Whereas my uncles them were pretty much green and didn't really know the skill of boxing. Right. But they were heavyweights just the same. You know, it's just unfortunate that they didn't have the training, but they were brave enough and courageous enough to stand up in the ring with him. Hemingway hats off to him for being a good boxer as well as a good fisherman and an adventurer and a hunter. Although he wasn't all that all all that good a hunter <laughs> because he did get damaged one of his eyes in boxing as a young man, so he really couldn't see out too good out of one eye. Uh, he always had to wear glasses because when his writing, only time he didn't really wear glasses was when, when he was fishing, simply because of that bad, bad eye boxing that was very, very well damaged. But anyway, he was still a good boxer. But, you know, like I say, Hemingway, not only Ines Hemingway, but Ines Hemingway's family and the Sanders family has always been close Lester Hemingway used to sleep on my mother's porch. He was the printer of Bimini News and spent a lot of time in Bimini. And a lot of time he hiked to Bimini, catch a ride over here on some yacht. Or maybe once in a while he got a free ride on a plane. And then he didn't know how to round trip ticket to get back. And sometime if he didn't hike back and he got stuck here. He'd end up sleeping on my mother's porch. We always had a porch on the front on the front on the front porch, our uh, couch, and and uh, that's where he would end up sleeping in the in, uh, in the couch on the front porch. Lester Hemingway, Ines Hemingway's brother, <laughs> wrote a book called My Brother Ines Hemingway, and uh, gave me a copy of the book. In fact, I gave him a copy of my book, which was at that time a poetry book that I wrote, and so we exchanged books. I got his autograph book downstairs Yeah, that uh, Lester Hemingway wrote to me. I got to, I got to. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to cut it off here in just a second. They'll be, they'll be, they'll wait for us. So let me ask you one last question before we go. If, if you were to give somebody some advice about how they could, I think the story that you tell about the inspiration that you got from that one day that you swam with the dolphins, I think that's what most people in this world are looking for. They're looking for that inspiration. They're looking for that experience that changes their life and gives them the motivation and inspiration. How does someone find that? The thing about it is that you got to be open up your heart, your mind, your your, your you know, to accept these things, to to be receptive. When it happens, when it comes, when the experience comes to you, you got to be able to be that much of the freedom to absorb the experience. My recommendation is that you have to believe that you can be inspired and have an open mind and positive thinking and that the easiest way to be inspired is to swim with the wild dolphins. It's better than climbing a mountain or jumping over a plane in a parachute or trying to swim at the deep ocean. The dolphins are out there. They're mammals. They've been on the eight for 30 million years. We have only been as humans on the eight for a good measure, two, and two, two million years. I mean, the dolphins are uh, uh, 20, at least 28 million years on the eight before us. And they have evolved in times of evolution. They've had, 30, they've had 28 million years to develop their brains. 
and 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 in fact they have developed so now. So we we they have lived on the on the earth as land roaming mammals, and they have made the uh, successful journey to the ocean and became successful ocean roaming mammals. So they have a sonar that they can send out that we don't we don't possess sonar. The dolphins are a well developed brain; they can send out a sonar on their brain brain wave and get information back, and which we 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 lock in. They can accelerate outlook our mind and speed up the learning process. And that's why I recommend that you swim with the wild dolphins. Everybody on this earth should swim with the wild dolphins and they'll become a better person. <laughs> because the dolphins, more than any other animal, more than a dog, your dog ain't gonna do it for you. Your cat ain't gonna do it for you because they don't have the sonar. They, they, don't, they don't have the, they're not, you could say, evolved as such. The dog ain't live on on the earth and then live in the sea. Like the mammal has done, the dolphin. Remember, dolphin been on the on the land, mind you. He went into the sea and became a successful ocean roaming mammal. Dog ain't never done that. The dog is never evolved like that. Neither did a cat, neither did a monkey, neither any one of your pets. Your squirrel, your your skunk or whatever you got for a pet, your lizard, whatever. Didn't is is not capable. And then the dolphin relate to you on a different level altogether from your pet and other pets, that is. And I'm not talking about the dolphin inside of a pen. I'm not talking about him. The dolphin inside of Disney World or, or Sea World or Atlantis, where the dolphin has been paid to swim with you and do things, tricks for you. That, that's the, I'm talking about the dolphin in the wild ocean. Mm-hmm. Who don't know you? Not being paid is not on a, not been given a reward. You know he's out there in the wild where you're not, where he's not captive. We don't we don't swim with captive dolphins in Bimini. We don't keep captive dolphins. All the dolphins we swim with is in the wild, and I I want you to note that I'm not I didn't go swim with a dolphin in the pen. Mm-hmm. I swim with dolphins in the ocean. And the, and the all, one of the things about swimming with a dolphin is that you, you get rid of your fear. Your, what you would call your anxiety. Even if you can't swim and if you go see a dolphin, you'll, you'll think about the fact that you can't swim. That's the kind of yeah. uh, thing a dolphin will do to you. You will, you will forget about a shark. You'll forget that you're afraid of water or you're afraid of the ocean or you're afraid of the depth. All these things, uh, you throw at the window. I saw it happen with and a my lot daughter. Of thing, a lot of things, too, especially if you if you're... Uh, if you have a chronic depression, it'll get rid of it'll get rid of that for you too. If your mind is all clogged up and you're suicidal and you're this and you're that and you you got a bunch of negativism about you, it makes you all in all a greater human being. You'll you'll be become more loving and you'll love your fellow man and a lot of things that you have now that you think of you value so dearly, the dolphins will tell you to throw it out the window. So they don't mean nothing. Because a lot of things we value in our life is just what society has trust upon us, and we just trying to follow the status quo, and we want to do things that our neighbor because we want to. We see things our neighbor have, and we want the same things that our neighbor got. We look over the fence, and we want to possess them too. And the dolphins will get you'll you'll become you'll you'll be surprised to know how many things you will flush down the drains. 
things that you believe in and that you think mean so much to you. They'll touch your heart like they touch mine. You'll be a better person and, of course, a better human being. And then, of course, the freedom. The freedom, you'll enjoy your freedom because that's what Dolphin teaches too. But having fun, that's what they taught me. Dolphin taught me to let's go and have fun and let's play. Where have you been all the while, Mrs. Sanders? You are our family. Come along with us. And if there's any way that I could be out there with them and not come back to the land, I would still be out there with the dolphins. That's what they do to you. You want to go with them, man. You'll give up everything to try to be swim along with them. But you're not only you're not uh, capable because you're only human. Because you don't have the breath, you don't have the capabilities, you don't have the, the power to, to go along with them. But if you could have, I'm sure you would have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's an amazing story, and you—that uh, one day of inspiration sure has uh, has touched the world. You've, you've done an incredible thing with all your writing and your poetry and building this place. And I want to thank you for sitting down with us. And if you're out there listening, man, come to the Dolphin House, check it out, and you will be as impressed as I am. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs>